There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Hockey fans, how are you today? Welcome to Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. It is I, co-host Tom. I am here, as always, with my pal, co-host Randy. Co-host Randy has just gotten uh, just uh, gotten off the ice. He had a real quick shift there, and he's uh, he's on he's on the bench. How are you doing today, buddy? Yeah, you know what? Uh, puck was dropped about six minutes ago. I felt I should maybe get off uh, six-minute shifts. You know, didn't back check. Had a lot of had a lot of energy to try and get pucks deep, but didn't bother coming back. Uh, we gave up about four. I'm a minus four right now. Not a big deal. <laughs> That's qu- that is quite the first shift. I gotta tell you, like, you but know. you just got to keep your legs moving in, get pucks deep, and uh, yeah, here we go, boys. <laughs> Well, I appreciate the effort, at least. Anyway, <laughs> you know, uh, coach might have something to say about that shift length, but, uh, you know, we're not really uh, tracking advanced stats here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. But what we, what we are doing is we're talking some hockey, and we've got an awesome episode for you folks today. Uh, today's episode, we've got Eric Melvin of No Effects. He's our guest that interview will be coming up just a little later in the show. Um, he, uh, you know, he's talking all kinds of uh, stuff. He's a beer league hockey player. He's uh, obviously like the uh, punk rock uh, guru of, well, guitar playing guru of no effects and uh, just an all around really nice guy, super chill, super cool. And uh, it was a pleasure to talk to him. So definitely, Stay tuned in the episode later in the episode for that one. Um, Randy, today we've got a few topics to get to before we get to Eric. Um, and uh, the first thing that we always like to do on the show is this is season three, episode 22. So we got to name this episode after a famous 22 or not so famous. Uh, it doesn't really matter. We just pick them how we like them, basically. And today, we really liked none other than, I mean, how could we choose anyone other than number 22, Jordan Tutu, to be our episode 22? It's in his name. It's like, <laughs> it writes itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, it does. So Jordan is a um, product. He's actually born in Churchill, Manitoba, which is kind of as the most, I don't want to, I don't want to say it's the most Northern community in Manitoba because there could be one more North of that. I, I am not sure, but like, it's the most Northern, like major community yeah, with amenities and, and, you know, services and, you yeah. know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right on the Hudson Bay, beautiful place. But Jordan, of course, was raised in uh, Nunavut and became the first 
player of Inuk heritage or uh, lineage or whatever you want to call it to play in the NHL, um, which is a very cool feat. And he had himself a pretty nice NHL career playing over 700 games. Um, and that's huge. And yeah. Yeah, my, my days of uh, going to school back in Brandon, that's where I took my training to put me on the path for where I am today. If it wasn't for my years in Brandon, I wouldn't be doing the engineering on Takanaki. <laughs> that's right. And, <laughs> and you know, if I hadn't have dropped out of radio college when I was 20, I wouldn't, do- I, I also wouldn't be doing Takanaki. See, so. There you go. So back in the day I was doing, <laughs> I remember I was doing the tight follow slow-mo cam, like the instant replay cam for Brandon Meeking's games. And like, I would get all the sweet goals and my, they would replay my camera all the time. And that season, um, I remember Jordan Tutu just kind of lighting things up on the score sheet and, uh, you know, dropping the mitts. Uh, yeah. he, he was, uh, you could just tell, like, he was, he was a force to be reckoned with. And, uh, it was nice to see him go on and, and have quite, quite the, uh, professional career, like yeah, all, had- all over wherever he went. He was always like, uh, you always knew he was on the ice. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He, that year you're talking about, I think, uh, might've been Oh one Oh two when he had, uh, for the Wheat Kings or Oh two Oh three, he had very similar numbers in both of those years, excuse me, but, um, Oh one Oh two for the Brandon Wheat Kings of the WHL 64 games played scored 32 times, 71 points, 272 penalty minutes. So, um, yeah, he was. Uh, he basically had like residency in the penalty yeah. box, but, and then know, he like... stepped on the ice and scored, and then went back to the box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just keeps his overnight stuff in yeah. the box, or whatever. well, that's like what we were saying with Grant Lawrence and Tiger Williams. That's you know, right, like yeah. if if he actually like didn't take so many penalties, maybe he'd be flirting with Gretzky's records. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, heck of a player though, and and Jordan Tutu, like, um, you know, he went through a lot of personal um, uh, struggles, turbulation, and struggles, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And uh, you know, like with his family and with his own self, with uh, mental health and addictions and all the rest of it, and sort of a very inspiring story. To and and there's been no shortage of you know features on him on hockey night in Canada and all the rest of it. And uh, so just hit up YouTube because if, if you're not familiar with his story, like it's pretty, pretty great, right? Like he was um, no stranger to the rough stuff when it came to hockey and uh, yeah, but you know, he's done a lot of, a lot of uh, outreach work and whatever for his, his home community, which is, I think it's a ranking inlet in, um, in Nunavut and ranking inlet is, like, so like if Iqaluit is the capital and like the biggest place in Nunavut, he's done some nice outreach work there and like goes back home and stuff like that. But um, yeah, Jordan Tutu, pretty, pretty good character. And like they, they recently had on, uh, I believe it was Sportsnet. They had like, they were counting down. This might've been before the return of uh, NHL in 2021 when there was like kind of no hockey for a while they were counting down like the biggest hits of the decade or ever. I can't remember what the criteria was, but Jordan Tutu made it to like the final four. 
he one of his body checks. Oh, I've seen him demolish guys like yeah. that. And he was he's what maybe like do you have his hockey DB open still there? Like is he like maybe like five nine, but he's probably like two hundred and five pounds. Like he's a thick. You pretty much nailed it. Five nine. 199. Okay, so, so. yeah. <laughs> but like just imagine, you know, I'm 5 mine 9 5 10, but I'm 170. So give yeah. give me another 40 pounds wow. of of pure I muscle. I didn't realize he was that short. Yeah, like honest. he's a small guy, but he like he could stand up to anybody. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't back down. That's for sure. So pretty sweet NHL career where he played, yeah, over 700 games. You know, he um, pocketed 65 goals, 96 assists, 161 points, and his penalty minutes, uh, 1,100, no, sorry, 1,010. So uh, in the last uh, season he played in, he played 50 games for the Blackhawks in 2016, 2017. So he's been out of the game for a few years now and uh, doing his thing. So, that's uh, that's who we're naming episode 22 after, Jordan Tutu. But we do have a few honorable mentions before we kind of get into the rest of the sort of topics we got to cover before we talk to Eric here. So I just want to run down a list of honorable 22s because there's some beauties out there, Randy. There are some abeyutes. We've got Ken Baumgartner. He's a Flin Flon product. A flim uh, bomber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and Baumgartner was another one of these beauties. So many penalty minutes and just played the game a certain way. And he had some legendary hair and a little tiny Jofa bucket to go with it. <laughs> like when you had that much hair, you didn't really need a helmet. So no. just to <laughs> take the Jofa, it's like, give me that one. My hair's fine. Here we go, boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mike Bossy, there's a guy who could score a few goals for you if you needed him. Twi- tickled um, the twine. Yeah, Mike Bossy. He was he was a famous 22. Uh, Steve Shutt, another guy who could tickle the twine, and uh, he was a 22 as well. And and Steve Shutt, um, I had to look it up. He surprisingly, I didn't know this, five-time Stanley Cup winner, three-time All-Star, and member of the Hall of Fame. Um, I feel like he's one of those underrated guys. Like, oh, but also Montreal was just so full of legends back then. Like, yeah, he's probably on the third line, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he thought on the third line scoring 50, it's like, oh yeah, here we got, you know, whoever else like John <laughs> Belleville would have been before that. But I mean, like, you know, they were just stacked. It wasn't yeah. fair. They had yeah. the roadrunner back then though. Yeah, they, they were. I mean, to win five cups with Montreal back then, that was just the way she goes. Um, So here's some other 22s. Cal Clutterbuck, got to love that name. You got uh, Charlie Huddy, current uh, associate coach of the uh, Winnipeg Jets, and he is a multiple Stanley Cup winner with Edmonton back in the day. Um, Mario Merrois. I always loved that name when oh, I saw it on classic, a hockey card. Classic Jet there. Yeah, yeah, he played for the Jets. He played for the Nordiques. He wore 22 for both of them. Brad Park wore number 22 for just over half his career. I looked it up. He wore number two for the other half, but 22 for his years in Boston and whoever he played for after Boston. I think he the played Rangers? for the Rangers. No, the Rangers was the, 
the first chunk of his career. And that's where he wore number two. Yeah. Um, Rick Tockett wore number 22. Rick Tockett with a rocket. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he's a famous kind of mullet guy as well. Oh, yeah. Rick Rick Tockett. He's he's very similar to Jordan Tutu as well, like with, you know, that he wouldn't mess around and he's a smaller guy and he'd still get her going yeah like just like a, a shit house if you will. yeah that's there yeah. you go that's that's the perfect term yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um tiger williams there's a the all-time penalty minute leader of the nhl number 22 what i'm learning is that feisty guys often wear 22 uh, actually you know. uh go through your list and i've got one comment to make about 22 Okay, okay, okay. So I'll just give you like a two, two more. We got Mike Bullard, but not the uh, late night Canadian television host, Mike Bullard, a uh, different one. And uh, last one here, just a fun fact about this guy. It's Brett Hall actually wore number 22. We all know him as a 16, but Hall wore 22 in 1999 for Dallas, reason, which was his first year in Dallas. Reason when his, when he, his foot was in the crease. No, I think that was the year after. Okay. Regardless. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason that Hall wore 22 was because Pat Verbeek was playing for Dallas and he wore number 16. So yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of other 22s, but there's a nice little list of 22s for you. Okay. So here's my, here's my comment. Okay. 22 is like the first of the double numbers. Like 11 doesn't really count because 11 is too low. Right. But like 22, like all, if you think of all the double numbers, they're always like the classic players, 22, 33, 44, 55, 66, 77, 88, 99. Yeah. Always always the double numbers were always legendary players. Like yeah. if, if you go backwards or forwards, you got Gretzky, you got Lindros, you got Bork, you got Lemieux, you got Larry Murphy, 44. The only guy I can think of is Rob Brown, who like scored a whole bunch of goals. Yeah, I liked Stefan Richer for 44. He was a big... Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, 33 uh, was Patrick Waugh. Pat Roy. Yeah. And uh, obviously Dustin Bufflin. And then 20, you know, we're, we're at 22. 22 is like the first of the double numbers. Yeah. Oh, and I guess 11, of, you could of, say, was Messier and, you know, all those other 11s, but... Yeah, for sure. And lots of good 22s, but, like, a lot of the characters, the, the names of 22s who you remember that stand that stood out for me were those kind of no-nonsense feisty guys. The big, you know, like, they were like, uh, yeah, there's, there's some talent there, but also uh, they'll take care of business if they got to. So, okay, pretty I like- sweet... Uh, I like how we were going to try and do five topics and we haven't even got through one and we're oh, yeah. running out of no, time. No, but here, look, we're moving on. We're moving on. We're picking up the pace here. Okay, we got, we got uh, seven minutes. Talking hockey, hot topic of the week. We, we want to just touch quickly on Austin Matthews scores 40 goals. Connor McDavid is just shy of 100 points. Um, which is more impressive? What do you like better? I would say the points, but I also have to throw something out here to the listeners and hopefully we'll get some feedback on this because we got to dust off the old digital mailbag here very soon. Okay. But, you know, with, with McDavid flirting with 100 and, and Matthews now with 40 goals, is that because they are playing in the Canadian division and there's really weak uh, competition? To that, I would say... 
did McDavid not score a hundred plus points against the rest of the teams? You know what I mean? Like he played in a normal NHL and scored a hundred plus, um, not at the pace he's doing it right now for sure. And similarly, uh, Austin Matthews, I believe he had 47 last year when they cut the season off. And that was against your regular sort of schedule uh, events uh, of other teams. So I think, I think like, you know, when you see the same team over and over and over again. Um, well, like McDavid is like lighting up three teams from the North division. Yeah. The so Jets you, being one of them. If you eliminate half those games and then he's playing against like teams from the States, then he doesn't have so many points, you know, right. probably. Or, but, but maybe he lights up um, Anaheim yeah, New Jersey or, or whoever. Yeah. 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 Sorry, so, sorry, Devils fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Black, give Mackenzie Blackwood a little yeah, credit. Sorry, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, um, Buffalo, then Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Michael Hauser, how about that guy coming in and winning his first two NHL games at the age of 28 or whatever he is? But no, yeah, no, like I think there's always going to be teams that players just have their number. And certainly the McDavid has had Winnipeg's number this year. Like he's got, I forget what the number is, but it's like 23 points in nine games or something like that. Yeah. So one, one last thing, maybe, and here's like with some wishful thinking, did McDavid and Matthews maybe use up all of their points and goals in the regular season and they're going to go dry in the playoffs? <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, as, well, as yeah. fans of not those teams, let's hope so. Maybe, maybe that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Hockey poolies are hoping that's not the case so that when the playoff pools start and they get those guys that they'll, they'll uh, go deep and give them lots of points. But um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say, but like uh, the way McDavid's been playing this year lights out and I hate him, but Austin Matthews, man, the guy scores a lot. So how, you know, it's, it is what it is, but like definitely uh, not, not my favorite player, but you know, whatever. But um, I, I will say um, previous 22, Rick, uh, Rick Vive was the previous uh, Leafs like goal scoring legend. Well, I think Austin Matthews has now surpassed him according to the media or whatever, but Let's quickly talk about the Jets. They snapped their seven-game losing streak finally. And they did that against Calgary the other night with a 4 nothing shutout. They're going to hit up uh, this weekend. They're hitting Ottawa again. Well, they're at and home. Then, oh, yeah. they're Okay, yeah. they're home. They're All the home. rest of their games are home. I think maybe the last game is on the road against Toronto. I'm not okay. sure. But okay. they're at home for the next little while. Yeah, they got. Um, they've only got four left. It's uh, Ottawa, Vancouver, Vancouver, Toronto. Yeah, yeah. So, what uh, what do you make of them going into the playoffs? Uh, have they figured? I mean, hard to say after one game of after that seven game losing streak. But do you? Does it look like maybe they've kind of turned the corner from that? I'll give you my thoughts here for about 50 seconds and then you can take over. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So what I, what I think, and you can relate this back to a couple weeks ago when the jets were just going into that multi-game series with the Leafs and they were only a few games behind, they could have won a couple games there and they could have got themselves into first place. But what happened is they went on a slide. So it's, it's, it's in their own hands again right now. So it's like, is the jets team 
from the other day going to show up and start winning some games or are they going to, is it going to be the team? Like, it just seems like they've always, they're always put in that position to succeed. But then when those moments, like when those important games come up, they falter and then, and then it just like they slide and then they just can't shake some, shake themselves out of it. So I think the, 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 the telling game will be tomorrow. If they can put together a solid game tomorrow, then I feel that the Jets could probably turn the corner. But right yeah. now, it's like, I don't know. You know, you just never know which Jets team is going to show up. For sure. And that has been a bit of an issue for the last couple of years. But, you know, it is what it is. And, like, I think that they were just they, – they, they weren't able to score for a long, long time. And then they got four against Calgary the other night. So, hopefully, that kind of got the confidence back. That got the – the floodgates open, if you will, and maybe the goals are going to come again. And they've they've been playing the, their last couple losses of that seven game losing streak. They played like okay hockey, um, you know. And, and so now maybe maybe you hope if you're a Jets fan that they're back to knowing what they're doing and and the losing streak is over. They've righted the ship. So. Um, let us throw to a song, Randy. Let us throw to a song by No Effects. This one's called Sticking in Your Eye. It's about a high Sticking stick. Sticking in my eye. Sticking in my eye. Yeah. Not yeah, your yeah. eye. My eye. <laughs> <laughs> this one's going out to Chris Pronger. That's uh, too soon? No. Yeah. Probably just about right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Here's No Effects, Sticking in My Eye. Right on. Thanks for joining us, Eric. Uh, welcome to Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks, Tom. 
Yeah, so uh, we're recording here. I guess it's uh, pretty early out on the West Coast, nine o'clock or so. So, you know, okay. nothing like uh, rolling out of bed, making a fresh stack of flapjacks and talking some hockey, I guess. Eh? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, it's the life. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess, uh, why don't, why don't we just start like, how, how does Eric Melvin, uh, guitarist for no effects, how does he get into hockey growing up, uh, down in California and that, uh, yeah. what's the sort of story there? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I, I'm a little, I was a little on the late train, you know, I didn't find hockey till I think my thirties, early thirties. So that was in nineties. Um, and uh, my, I, I lived in a house with some roommates, and we'd sit around and we'd play some uh, uh, Sega and smoke yeah. weed. And uh, one of my roommates was like, we got to try this one, uh, NHL 94. I think Classic. it was 94. It was, uh, game, but it was yeah. the first one, I think that's the first one without fighting. And I was like, hockey has fighting like I, <laughs> I don't get it so you know so please be please forgive me a little bit people out there hockey fans out there yeah. <laughs> um so we started playing and i started to understand uh offsides you yeah. know you have to be you have to understand that which is as a lot of people i've heard say over the years like there's really only one rule and that's the one is offsides yeah be offsides i'm like okay and then there was and and uh, i think icing oh you could turn off icing i think at yeah that time. i always okay. turned off icing when i played <laughs> yeah. those games for sure <laughs> and just wailed a puck from the other end of the ice all the time and just well oh, i scored what do you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so yeah totally good fun um uh, and I was like, wow, okay, I, I get this game. I get this game is really fun. And then my friend and, and idol, Greg Hetson, originally the circle, well, originally of other bands, but Circle Jerks, Greg mm -hmm. Hetson, Bad Religion as well. He uh, was like, yeah, I love this game. You know, I've loved this game all my life. Like, I'll take you to a game. And we went to the forum and we saw the Kings play. Nice. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, I think the last year that Gretzky was still with the Kings. He had just, I, I don't remember when he came. Anyway, so I, uh, I saw the game. I was like, this is amazing. I can't believe how good this sport is. It's so fast and, and yet fluid and everybody's constantly like, you know, moving as part of a team. And, um, and yet each person has to play their own part. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is for me. Then Greg Hudson said, I actually play hockey. I, I was like asking him like, do you know, can people like you and I play? He's like, oh, I play all the time. I was like, what? <laughs> so I went and watched him at a rink up in like, up near that Magic Mountain area of LA. I forget what that's called, Santa Clarita or something like that. And he was at a rink and I went and watched and I was like, wow, this is much slower. <laughs> <laughs> and much like, oh, the puck goes right through people's feet. You know, like, oh, now it looks like something I can do too. Yeah. And, you know, like, wow. <laughs> so I had to go take ice skating lessons just to get started. And nice. the, the rink in Van Nuys, I think was my very first lessons. And there were, and it was just like, oh my God, I didn't, couldn't skate. You know, right. I didn't grow up ice skating. I grew yeah, up no, it's at the it. beach. I grew up going to the beach and, <laughs> you know, swimming pools and swimming and where water's liquid, not solid. And uh, 
Um, but yeah, I quickly just, that was it. I fell in love with it right from there. And it was something I was like, I wanted to do and I loved to watch it. And uh, I, you know, I still play, I just played a game last week. So right uh, I play all the time. I, I really, I got lucky um, as well with my work schedule being what it is. Uh, so when I'm home, I play a lot. Uh, of course, once I had kids, that changed. Um, but then traveling on tour, I just started, you know, the internet had was an easy way to find rinks. And I started finding rinks. I'd be like in Texas and, you know, around Philadelphia or like, especially Canada, of course. Yeah. But there's rinks like I played in Florida and Nebraska and Washington and I played near Atlanta, somewhere that I never thought, you know, that I thought, okay, they can't have ice rinks here, but they do. Of course, <laughs> Florida too as well. Tons, yeah. tons. And uh, just find, you know, noontime, midday pickups and just went out and played. And then I'd go and be on time for sound check at like four. 4 p.m. <laughs> and then I'd be exhausted after the show, but it was that's a great life. Um, yeah. Except Europe, Europe is Europe is of course huge with ice hockey, but um, when uh, we go there mostly in the summer, and oh, yeah. I was so surprised that like they don't, they just don't play in the summer at all. They're like, no, we do summer sports, you know, or whatever. Yeah. We go to the lakes and we go do all these Soccer other things and whatever else yeah. yeah yeah and i'm like i'm here now i want to <laughs> skate some ice hockey a friend of mine um took me one year to so we had just played punk rock holiday in slovenia oh, yeah. yeah and my buddy picks me up my buddy pietro from italy picked me up the next day we drove into northern italy from slovenia and met some of his friends at an ice rink up in northern Italy, and uh, it was right near where um, there's, I don't know if it's the only one, but there's a Pellegrino factory, like on the river okay. in northern Italy. So I was like, what, Pellegrino? I know <laughs> this Pellegrino. is the source, yeah. Yeah, it's right here. There's the river, oh my God. And uh, we went and played, and we played with a bunch of cool Italian people. And uh, yeah, it was really, it was cool. That was a really cool experience. Nice. What what do you remember from your last trip to Winnipeg? Uh, I guess. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. I know. Gosh, I'm sorry. Quite a bit of my past blends together. Yeah, it would have been. Uh, let me pull up a photo. It might jog your memory. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I do remember kind of well. There, there was not quite a a game or a pickup it was like a bunch of guys just wanting to like kind of just skate and pass and shoot and it was almost like running some fun drills mm -hmm. i remember you know pass and shoot drills and stuff uh, yeah I so remember we, that was really we would have briefly met you then that's oh, yeah, you know, okay. yeah. we, we were skating with you cool. back then yeah cool uh, you gotta you gotta admit though like the the um <clears throat> the fact that you get to go skate in all these different cities around the world uh that like that's pretty sweet and also like awesome. just the amount of people that yeah i'm sure you get to meet too like not only the folks you get to meet at the no effect shows but also you're no, you're meeting this whole now community of, of hockey players also like the the crossover of hockey players that are also like into punk music and stuff like that like yeah yeah it's a pretty co uh, cool connection there i agree i agree 
there's a lot of them out there. And, and sometimes I'll just be like, totally like what you call it, like a cold call on a, on a pickup game, just go, don't know anybody. I'm all by myself, but there's a bunch of guys and somebody will just go, Hey, you look familiar to me. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I'm, you know, it's my first time here. I'm not from around here. And they're like, Oh, you look like Melvin from No Effects. I'm like, well, I, well, I am. <laughs> to be um, honest, I think that was kind of my reaction when you walked into the dressing room when you were in Winnipeg. I looked at you and it's like, well, no, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> right. Did you have any idea that we were in town that day? Oh, that's well, I did. So there's the photo. I'm sorry, uh, my dog is going nuts because the mailman's walking by. But oh, there's uh, a mailman. I could see reflecting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. Look at me. I'm not front and center, but right yeah. in the middle. Right in the center there. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where we heard that you wanted to skate, and then I think we just found some ice time. The rink is actually just down the street from me. It's a rink that we use quite quite a bit, and uh, it's like yeah, we threw threw an ice time together, and then I think a bunch of us all came to the show that night too. So yeah, yeah, times, yeah. Yeah, November November 2016 is the date on that one. Wow. Yeah, not that long ago, but time flies. It is. Um, Yeah. So, so I've, I've found that a few times um, where I've gotten in touch with people or, and, and, uh, and people have found ice and like rented the rink. So we all pitched in. That's happened quite a few times. Um, I played at the, what's the mall in Edmonton? Oh yeah, the, yeah. the West, West Edmonton, Edmonton Mall. mall. West yeah. Edmonton Mall. Yeah. I played there and somebody actually went through all our stuff while we were on the ice and stole everybody's money. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, really classic happened. Edmonton. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's like what? I didn't even know that could happen, you know. Yeah. Some one guy lost like you know a hundred bucks, and I think I had like two hundred dollars. Yeah, and it's Jeez. like what? All our money is gone. So aside from Winnipeg, obviously being the number one spot that you've ever played, uh, <laughs> what what would what what would number two be? Like all you know, you've been everywhere. So like, what would be? What's like? What are some ideal or some memorable spots that you've you've skated in? Uh, Vancouver, there's the, I kind of, again, it's all blending together. Burnaby eight or something. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That was awesome. Um, oh, uh, Chicago, Johnny's ice house in Chicago just felt so legit. So it felt so like real hockey, yeah. uh, somewhere around Philadelphia, was was really cool um a couple places in florida i don't remember exactly but there was just like real talented young people but like pretty nice still mostly you know that's another interesting part of it is um you know the personalities just like everywhere there's like guys who are just out there to play a couple of guys who are just like for some reason personalities wanted they want to just dominate you know, it's like, come on, dude, what are you trying to prove? But they, <laughs> they need to prove something. So, okay. You know, as long as they're not, whatever, not yeah. hurting me, you know, cause I got to play a show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, let's take see. you into the corners, little, little I, played, I, I skated down in LA at the El Segundo, at the rink in, uh, on, in El Segundo where the Kings practice. And there's a, there's a famous pickup Jerry Bruckheimer, I think, the the film TV producer. producer. Yeah, and yeah. He's the, he, the current he owner like of a, the Seattle team too. He has a. Um, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. 
See, yeah, yeah. I well, didn't the know guy's, that either. The guy's obviously a fan, yeah. and he had to pick up something like one night a week, but you couldn't go unless you're invited. And I was invited through a friend, and he wasn't there, but but um, oh my gosh, Anson Carter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah he there. played for the Kings for a while. Yeah, he was there, uh, and uh, yeah, and a couple of like. I mean, yeah, the guys were like pros or they were yeah. like, you know, minors. And as I was getting dressed in locker room, Anjay Kopitar came in and sat nice. with like somebody he knew. And I'm about to put on my number 11 jersey. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, this is embarrassing, I guess. But, you know, he's not the only 11 in the yeah. world. So this is a Slo- Slovenian uh, national hero, I'd say. Probably yeah. maybe yeah. the only NHLer uh, from Slovenia. One of you, yeah. 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 So, so, so it was, uh, that was a pretty cool. Um, I played a couple other places up in Canada where just the talent on the ice was just incredible. Sorry, my own. Um, so um, one of my kids is like playing. Oh, that's all, that's all right. We got musical. dogs, American kids playing. Yeah, so. uh, that's the way she goes. But yeah, so yeah. like, I, I, I might be stealing Randy Snyder here, but he had a, a really cool question of about, so if like the connection between punk rock and hockey and stuff, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different, we've talked to various uh, people involved in punk rock who, who also have a love of hockey or play hockey or whatever. <laughs> and, and Randy's, Randy's idea or question was like, if, if punk rock bands were hockey teams and there was like a tournament, who would win? I think, was that your question, Randy? It's a two-part question. So okay, two part. If, if all punk bands were then transitioned to become hockey teams, who would be the best team yeah. would, be, would be part one. And then part two would be like, if you had to make an all-star team of, of hockey players from just punk bands, who would be on that team? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. You know, so who, who like if you if ever if everyone in the punk rock scene put on skates and grabbed a stick, who yeah, do you right. think of, of all the bands that you tour with and stuff? Who who would well, who would probably put together the best team? Well, well, I've I've actually skated and played hockey with um, number two from Anti Flag, right on, Chris, and he's really good. He's nice. really good, and I, and his his like neighborhood rink. He's so lucky. It's got like open hockey ice from like nine to 12, like Monday through Friday or something. Oh, wow. So yeah. he goes and he just skates and just, you know, works on his slap shots from all kinds of places <laughs> and everything. Just like, oh, I'm so jealous. Um, and, and she's also the super nicest and most like personable guy ever. Um, so he's one of my favorite people to play with, obviously, because he's so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really good. If you want to be on a team, you want to pick guys who are good. <laughs> yeah, um, <for> sure. <laughs> but, you know, what is it? There's like an aspect to it of being able to uh, sort of meld with, the, with another player, right? You know, get in sync and pick up on cues and whatnot, right? There's, that yeah. big, there's a, a part of that. So, again, that'd be number two from Anti-Flag. Um, but we're talking like actual. Does anyone else from No Effects play hockey, or is it right. just right? You know? No, nope. not a single. I don't think any of them even skate. So you'd you'd have all. to carry that team then. 
Right. I would have to carry that team. But, you know, if, if, you know, if we were just talking more like, uh, what's the word theoretically and not yeah, like practically. Yeah, theoretically, yeah. like stylistically like we, or whatever. We have, we have a, a way in no effects. I think that we really, um, we kind of know what the other one's thinking. Oh yeah. And we really like bounce off each other really well. Like we do that on stage, I think really well. So that would make a really good team, wouldn't it? I I mean, guys who just know how to go with the other's flow totally. and, and that. So there's for sure no effects has that. Um, but it's hard to see that with other bands because sometimes you don't get, get a sense of that from on stage, um, from how they perform on stage. You know, they just maybe play the songs well together. So that would be maybe like an analogy of like a, a, a team that can perform set plays together really well but once it, you get out of that set play situation what do they do so i, I wouldn't know about some guys but you know like bad religion guys i know really well you know yeah. jay bentley brian baker um they're all they're they're super like personable and like pick up on your flow and like go with your flow so i'd say that makes a really good player but that's again that's just my opinion um pennywise guys pennywise guys i mean we're let, let's just let's just assume that we're not actually talking about if they can actually play or not but if they yeah, were players, yeah like in this yeah. theoretical yeah, yeah, tournament yeah, yeah, of yeah. punk rock bands who's like, coming uh, out on yeah, top. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 like byron byron mackin first of all is just super go yeah let's do this yeah positive yeah i'm on board guy you know so that would make a really awesome player um and fletcher of course is huge and unstoppable so you want one of those guys on your team um he's also very he's also a really ph philosophical kind of guy he's like a deep thinker so like you know i could see that being translating into hockey like he understands the game so he knows how to work in all situations like a, like a Sidney Crosby kind of soft spoken and just, you know, like not uh, too big of an yeah. ego, just, yeah. you know, going about it. And yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause people might not know that Fletcher's a bit of a soft spoken. He's not exactly soft spoken. He's just, I think he knows that his physical presence is already enough presence that he doesn't right. also have to use the doesn't words. Have to, yeah. So he kind of just waits for it and then he likes to go with those deep conversations yeah really awesome like that let's see who else do i know i mean do i know personally i mean i've talked to some of the uh some other te uh, teams some other bands when, about when you're playing on, yeah when you're on tour it, like do you ever come across another band where there is another hockey player in that band and then you, you and that person can be like hey man like somehow I, connect I played, there i played hockey last night and then you know they're right. like yeah so did i kind of thing like mm -hmm. you know sharing tricks of the trade or anything like because like, we know we know chris yeah. number two from anti-flag's a big hockey yeah. guy obviously the yeah. propaganda guys are big into hockey yeah yeah um but like is there other other guys out there like you that are are uh, two sport athletes let's call it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i know well i know that the bad religion guys like i think jay bentley played for a while i don't know if he's currently playing at all right <laughs> there. um 
There was a warp tour in the nineties that we were on and it was anti-flag was there and helmet was yeah. playing, right? Yeah. And of course everyone knows helmet, but um this was the drummer at the time, and I'm not sure if he was a original member, but he was really into it. And I think he's a Boston guy, actually. Well, they, they are as a band, aren't they? Um, I believe. And uh, uh, we we went, you know, on a day and went and got a, a, a net to keep in the parking lot. And we got some street steaks and street pucks and we oh, just sweet. shoot. We just shoot at the net for a while, and I, I have a terrible shot. But um, so that's the thing, right? Is I I didn't grow up playing, so I don't I didn't get any coaching really. And once yeah. you start playing in rec league, there's there's no coaching. <laughs> so you know, I went and got some like I took one of those Laura Stam power skating clinics nice. to improve my skating. And learned some mechanics um and i did take there was a couple of those adult hockey clinics um so i took some to try to learn like how to properly shoot and stuff nice and but yeah it's really tough when you don't have do, any coaching do it uh, i had to learn what like a passing lane was you know which yeah. i still don't quite understand but um you know i kind of get it do your kids uh show any interest in hockey have you passed on uh any, right. any of that to them well when it's on tv they like to tease me about it oh yeah not hockey again you know, so, <laughs> uh, it's it kind of like takes that slant yeah conversation takes that angle um but eli you know we just started because baseball season just started again in california so well i guess in the northern hemisphere um so uh we got the gloves and we went to batting cages, but he started talking about hockey a bit too. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we have some friends who play at the, who play in the kids leagues um, uh, where I skate with the adult league. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it sounds like they have a program, you know, where it's like six weeks or something. You can try hockey for free. Yeah. And it's um, so it's like something we talk about doing, but we just haven't done it yet. And honestly, I'm a little bit wary about doing it because uh, I have a friend who's in the program and they talk about like 5 a.m. practices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, That's a classic hockey. Yeah. And You know, um, yeah, her kids are about the same age. She's actually my son's pediatrician we talk about and she has her own kids in the same program where I play adult hockey. Yeah. And she said, yeah, she's like, and we started doing these travel games, you know, so on the weekend I'm like, Oh my gosh. So there's a fair, uh, there's a fair number of rinks around. Are you in uh, the LA area? Is that where I'm you're down based? Near, uh, North County, San Diego. Oh, okay. So I moved yeah. to San Diego, this area in 2017. Okay. I, yeah, I recall when you were up here playing when you guys in November of 16, when you were here, uh, you were telling a story in the dressing room about, I think I, somebody had asked, you know, like what was the rink situations in California and stuff. And right. we're telling a story about, uh, I think in Oakland, maybe yeah, San Francisco and, area. Oakland. Yeah. And, uh, like you, you had to make sure you didn't leave your gear in the car kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty sketchy part of town. <laughs> so, that Oakland area. Yeah. Um, it's right next door to uh, that pretty famous theater. 
I saw the Dropkick Murphys play there, and I saw Bass Nectar play there. It's like all kinds of people. Um, anyway, that's Oakland. Yeah, it was so weird living in San Francisco all those years. There was one rink yeah. in in the city. Uh, you had to drive pretty far to get to any other rinks. But I guess maybe not that far. The Oakland rink was the closest. Um, but if you're driving across that bridge at the wrong time, it can take a long time. But like San Francisco is such a big city, you know, um, but they don't have a team. Uh, and there's one rink and they really favored the, uh, the figure skating. So mm. all the times there was like one pickup a week and you had to like call at 6 p.m. If you called at 6.05, you know, it's already full. So it was like all that stuff to deal with. So I just went to Oakland a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then sometimes down to San Jose. But here, here in the San Diego area, there's a lot of rinks just right right around here. Nice. But I like the one I go to is called San Diego Ice Arena. And it's in the Mira Mesa area of San Diego. So that's kind of like north of the city. And um, that's a great program. A lot of kids, teams, a lot of hockey and a big, big hockey community there. Yeah, I guess there's an AHL team, the Gulls. Yeah. The Gulls, right? The yeah. Gulls. yeah. I haven't been to a game yet, though. But, uh, are you close to like Carlsbad, that area, or where, where are you? I'm kind of right in between. San Diego and Carlsbad's up here. San Diego's like down here. I'm right in the middle. Oh, Encinitas, yeah. it's called. Oh, yeah. I've been in Encinitas. I remember uh, yeah. seeing, well, I, I've been to Tom DeLong's shop there, if it's still there or not. Like, the, oh, yeah. Whatever. And I don't also, think his shop's still here, but yeah. okay. And I but remember no, I, actually yeah. seeing uh, Jeremy Ronick at uh, what? What's the coffee place there? Uh, uh, Buzz Coffee or something like that. Oh, I don't know. There's yeah, like, there's a couple. There's a chain or something. But I remember seeing Jeremy Ronick at at, at a coffee place there, and being like, "Whoa!" Really? NHL '94 legend Jeremy yeah, Ronick. He was yeah, yeah. he like the best player in the game, or something. He was like pretty that? much, yeah. yeah. Which which leads me to like, so do you have uh like a current team? Like, who do you follow? Like, uh, are you a are you a fan of of any teams, or you yeah. just watch hockey? Yeah, yeah. I I my first game was the LA Kings, and then I when they moved from the forum to the Staples Center. I bought season tickets for the LA Kings. And then I had to leave LA to go to San Francisco. Um, and I tried to follow the Sharks and I just like, was like, mm, I still wonder how my Kings are doing. Yeah. And I found myself just following the Kings still. So yeah, that's it, I'm, I'm a Kings fan. And they did have a couple of good years there where they, uh, they, they went to the finals and they actually won. Oh gosh, two years? Not yeah. two years in a row. Yeah, yeah. They, they they got right. two cups. Yeah. Yeah, yeah two yeah. cups. 2014, they won a cup, and what was the other year? 12, maybe 2012. I think so. Something yeah. like that. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah. So I got to watch uh, Dustin Brown, and yeah. it was when Andre Kopitar was was with the team, which he still is. Him and Dustin yeah. Brown. Yeah, yeah, Mike Mike Richards was on the team there, and he Mike Richards is just like about a couple hours away from us in Kenora, so oh, yeah. he's he's kind of a local legend to us here. Oh, wow. yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were good teams, those LA teams. Yeah, We've got yeah. on the on the Winnipeg Jets. There's uh, former King Trevor Lewis is on the uh, Jets this year, and he was yeah, uh, a good LA part King, of those yeah. Cup teams for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was just like watching them struggle. Most of yeah. the years was just like, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> why, yeah, why? 
I have a theory. I think because they 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 live near the beach. You know, I think most of them, and they're like, all right, I made it, I made it here. Now I can. I don't know what. Yeah, yeah. too many distractions, maybe yeah. or something. Go surfing on game day and use up all your, uh, you know, energy and stuff. By the time you hit the ice, the legs are like jelly. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, we've, uh, we're pretty much at our time here. So we're going to, we're going to wrap up as we'd like to do on talk and hockey. We like to mix uh, music and hockey, you know, uh, and uh, so what we want to ask you, Eric, do you have a song that you'd like to throw to? whether it's a uh, no effect song or just any other band that doesn't, you know, uh, either hockey related or just something that gets you pumped up and fired up or, you know. Uh, well, I just love, I love some of the new no effects that we just released earlier this year. So um, could we go with some of that? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see from that album, from that album, I feel so silly. Because uh, we're just recording a new yeah album yeah rumor on the street has it you guys are <laughs> yeah uh, we are we're new material right we're now we're already working on new material totally um, I guess that's what set lists are for when they're on when they're taped on the uh, back yeah. of the PA or whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no I've got all these other songs to commit I wanted to go over it and figure out which which was my favorite well I guess it's got to be yeah I mean my favorite song is the big drag off the new okay. album off single album but i think of of songs to pick to play it'd probably be fuck euphemism okay fuck euphemism because it's just it's just like the cream of the crop of fat mics songwriting uh, you know melody writing chords and incredible lyrical yeah you know acrobats that he acrobatics yeah that he does. classic so like good. fat mike isms yeah. in there and stuff all, all his like best you know aspects came together in one song nice so i would say that they would be that song i really love fishing and gun barrel too but um or i think it's sometimes called fish in a barrel fish in a gun barrel yeah um but yeah i would uh we're, we're working on new material already we've got probably six songs. I mean, Mike's got more that he's already written and he plays for me once in a while, but of songs we're actually working on, I think there's six or seven of them now. He, he wanted us to have another album out this year, release yeah. two albums in one year. Like, okay, you got the Why not, right? right? Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, so every week I actually drive up to LA, which is, you know, almost two hours, about just under two hours to practice with those guys every week and sometimes twice a week. So yeah. it's a lot of driving, but it's good. And it's great to see them and yeah. to spend time in the, in a room with them playing music. So yeah, nice. just like good things happening. Yeah, it's great. Perfect. Well, we certainly are looking forward to the new no effects album dropping. And uh, yeah. uh, in the one. meantime, Let's spin fuck you euphemism. I can't even <laughs> say it properly. And uh, yeah, so thank you so much for joining us. Keep your Thanks stick on. on the ice. Yeah. Uh, Two hands on deep. the stick too. Yeah. Two, Two hands. hands on the stick. Two hands on the stick. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's our coaching uh, advice. We'll, we'll look forward to hitting the ice with you again next time No Effects gets to Winnipeg. Yeah, we'll yeah. Make sure, we'll Me make too. sure we'll get some ice time. Yeah. Cool. That'd be yeah. great, Randy. Right on. All awesome. right, you guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks so much, everybody. Eric. 
Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, Radon. Thank you, Eric, for joining us. That was awesome. For the folks at home, next week, be sure to tune in. We've got another great guest. It's Chris number two from Anti-Flag. Perhaps you've heard of them. I know I have. Uh, we're going to go out on a song here. This is Fuck Euphemism by No Effects. It comes from their newest album, which is called Single Album. And look, guys, I want you to get pucks deep. I want you to have quick shifts. Keep your stick on the ice. And always, always check your lie. I walked into the Eagle, and someone called me sis. I said, I'm not a sis, I'm a sissy. Should I call you Mr. or Miss? I said, I'm actually a trans man. But before I got to tight, the place erupted into my first gender. Pronoun bar fight. They said I was a rock star dressed for less wanna be queer. I said my gender is a fluid, but that's how I left my fear. They thought I was just posing or on a publicity stunt. Until I did a line off Scarlet's hundred thousand dollar cunt. She paid a hundred thousand clam for a single clam in front. A very pricey pussy paid for by the government. Then I said, fuck euphemism, sis, but fuck my sis, Glenn. You're hypocritical, political, correctness ain't legit. I mean it, fuck euphemism, I say what I want to say. I love that LBTTQ will replicate. Cause they say that unlike cis queers, kinksters make a choice. They're wrong, but yet we choose which gag to take away our voice. I identify as a grain of salt, Peter Pan, our kiss, or a poly rubber puppy, switch back, slept our mask. So I said, fuck you, euphemism, your words are neophyte. I'm a single, not a plural person, so call me per for the night. You're wrong if you hate me, just cause I'm a worse than Western. Cause I missed his terminology from a Doris Lessing lesson.